The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Today's edition of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by Anchor.fm, a free distribution service podcasting hosting platform that allows you to record your podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so much more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor.fm app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. And we're back and right before I would start recording this, something broke news that I had to wait for more details to come out. Kingdom Hearts 4 has been officially declared. Yay! On the franchise's 20th anniversary, they finally announced Kingdom Hearts 4, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, and some other projects relating to it. But Kingdom Hearts 4 is the big thing that everyone was talking about at the end of all this. And the trailer was now going towards saying that this is now the Lost Masters arc. Featuring, you know, the Lost Master who is the key to everything, essentially. And then with narration styling saying, uh, if this isn't the ending you desired, if it brings you despair, then leave this world for another. Which, uh, which begins in the forest, then transitions to a large city, featuring tons and tons of people of our reality. So, this leads me to think that, uh, yeah, you're in a city that's our world, but it's called Quadrium. I think I, I'm, I can't pronounce it, but there is Sora with this new look to him that feels a more realistic look for him. Which, okay, so I'm not saying that that's gonna be his entire look for the game. I feel like that's the effect of the world because in the Kino Hearts games, everyone's affected differently with the world. So when Sora, Goofy, and Donald uh, travel to to uh, the Little Mermaid universe, they they turned into mermen, mermaid people. And then when they got on land, it was a whole different stuff. But that, that's kind of the thing, the, the world affects you. So I get the feeling this whole aspect is basically just this one, one world's effect on them. Which means if Donald Duck and, and Goofy go there, uh, they're probably gonna be real animals. So that's gonna be awkward. And then you get this character after he wakes up in the apartment, Sora, and we're introduced to a woman character that we're supposed to know because, um, turns out this character is Stelliza, Stelizia. I'm sorry. Now, you're probably wondering, wait, who's this? You're thinking, oh, this is, this is clearly a new character. Nope, it's not. 
This character appeared in Kingdom Hearts Union 10 or X. Okay. Oh god. You know, I just got done uh, watching Linkar's review of Dark Knight's Metal. And I have a question I want to ask. Um, does Noruma no, no uh, Tetsuya Nomura, no does he expected everybody to play Kingdom Hearts Union X uh, mobile game? Yeah, that, that's honestly the biggest, that's like a massive issue with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> For being the fourth main entry, there's like 20 different games in between each installment, and you're left trying to fill in the blanks and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And it's kind of annoying that they're expecting you to know this character from a mobile game that I don't even know how many people played. I, I sure, I'm sure it, got po it was popular since it's still active. Last I heard, or at least a little bit. But yeah. That, the continuity stuff is so overtly complicated for what is supposed to be this concept of light and darkness, but no, 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 we gotta make it everything complicated. And for some reason, we don't explain why certain characters don't age at their certain point. They're still at their certain age they were at. Like Ventus, he's sleeping, and he's still sleeping in the same physical form, and we're never getting an explanation why. And then we got this other character who's wandering in the darkness. She's never explained why she evolved, why she doesn't age up. Uh, Terra at least could say, well, he wasn't his body and there was magic involved. Also, you don't have to explain it according to the internet, uh, probably. But like the other two, it's like, wait, then how come they don't age? In fact, now that I think about it, when does the aging process stop? Is Kairi, Sora, and Riku all gonna stop at a certain age? Is this supposed to be a meta commentary for like cartoons and whatnot, and how a lot of them live forever while they go through different designs? So yeah, everything is all peaceful. Then the Heartless comes and a massive feature of it, reminiscing of the first game trailer that all those years ago. And I actually like this scene because it's doing something that really, really I felt like the other games were lacking up until at least two. We see the human element of the Kingdom Hearts universe. Like we actually see innocent people who have nothing to do with this being attacked, being destroyed, being victimized by the Heartless and all the crazy shenanigans that involve them. And we finally get, get human elements into this. We actually get an environment with people around who are just innocent bystanders trying to just survive. And now I'm wondering, do anyone ask which always led to this question I've had. Why doesn't no one just ask what the heck is going on? Or ask, wait, why is that kid fighting Heartless? Why do we not have a military? Are we just inept? Yeah. 
that Sora's doing his usual stuff and having his weapon be a keyblade being a grappling hook. But then, as he battles the giant creature, Donald and Goofy appear at the end and they look to be on the search for someone. And saying, um, I wonder where he is. Hey, just where do you think you're going? Then they scream and then with the cuts to black with the phrase magic in the making. Meanwhile, the other game, uh, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, is a new Android iOS game that features 3D action familiar to the mainline series. And closed beta test planned for later 2022, and is set in the realm of Scala at Kailum. And it will allow players to engage in exhilarating battles against the Heartless and discover a new original story. And let me add my meta commentary to this, it's also going to involve a ton of ton of backstory that will ultimately be part of the main of the main numbers, but we'll be told never to be told about this. Yeah. So, uh Ezra Miller! And Will Smith have been having pretty bad uh runs for them have had pretty bad runs for themselves in this uh, year so far Ezra Miller they went ahead yeah yeah I, this is when I finally discovered Ezra Miller was actually non-binary and whatnot um, yeah Ezra Miller has kind of a history of very disturbing behavior like they choked someone at an event and they also were recently arrested for disorderly conduct and harassment and yeah Ezra Miller's future career in Warner Media and DC kind of is in question especially since this movie got delayed So, yeah. Ezra Miller threatened them as saying, saying, I will bury you and your wife. I won't say the other word. Um, about that guy about that them when it comes to their behavior while will smith meanwhile he's been banned from the oscars for 10 years and other events and now people are demanding he did, returns the oscar so meanwhile his wife threw him under the bus so you know how that goes so speaking of people losing their mind, let's talk about Tony Khan and his uh, claim that there are an army of bots responsible for anti-AEW messages boards online and show zero proof. Yeah. Oh god. I don't even know what prompted this. Like, it was going good at that day, and then all of a sudden he just snaps. Like, is he, like... Okay, but like, 
he doesn't give proof. He doesn't give out a link to go where it says this in order to prove what he's saying is true or accurate. But, allow me to point this out. Would it surprise me that there are bots being used? No. Like, I'm not surprised. Tribalism is very dangerous in wrestling for both companies, and really, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But he seems to insinuate who would pay for such a wildly expensive thing. Except, I think people can easily make a bot quickly. I'm like, even Twitter made a feature where they have automated accounts. So, if he's trying to paint the idea that Vince is doing it, which. Okay, I could believe that if you give me more evidence. Like, I can imagine Vince being vindictive enough to do that if he hired someone to do that. Since I'm pretty sure that guy doesn't even know how to use the internet half the time. But this was yet another dilemma of, oh my god, Tony Khan, what is with you, man? And people go ahead and point out that if Vince did this, then it would be bloodbath. And probably so with the tribalist side. I would just be wondering, I I'd just be saying, well, uh, Vince finally admitted he's gone crazy, so there's that. Yeah, I'd probably just be in dull surprise. But Tony Khan just has been, like, it's like he has to go one day and he has to do something so wackily insane once. Like, okay, I, I did my quota with the big swole situation. I Can I do my quota now? We're in the new year. But sir, it's still, we're not even at the halfway mark. I'm Johnny God, and I want to do something insane. Now he claims he hired an independent study to do this. Can I see the link? Can I see the documents? Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, I'm not gonna say that this isn't out of the realm of possibility that Tony Khan hired someone to do this kind of study. Like, I'm pretty sure corporations and businesses do it all the time in order to attract and gauge interest and see whether ones are genuine or just bots for people trying to get attention and get their boosting algorithm going. That is a thing I could imagine. But this is kind of an accusation to say that virtually a ton of the haters of AEW are bots. Which I can imagine several accounts who are legitimately crazy at the time. And we've seen their faces and they've made videos. And some have made death threats to people that creep me out. And some even defended horrible actions Vince committed. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, everyone's going ahead. Like, the tribalists have been using this as ammunition to demonize Tony Khan and say, See, this is why Vince McMahon is superior. Okay, um... Yeah, that's a terrible example. Like, here's the thing. If the worst thing my boss is gonna do is rant on Twitter for, like, once every three moons, I would rather have that for a boss than the man who said, your third party rights are taken, you're not, I try to own your real, real names, I'll fire you for, only fan, for having an OnlyFans account, I'll have security escort you out, I'll cover up horrible murders, I'll give people merits in order to do whatever the hell they want, I'll let a wrestler beat the hell out of another wrestler just so they can extort me for money, any WrestleMania 34 anyone, and a ton of other horrible stuff, and people try to defend that horrible stuff. 
but oh, this is different. He went on Twitter and ranted. And someone even called someone out for the Owen Hart comparison talk. And they, and this user decides to say that what happened with Owen Hart was for the greater good of Vince, saying he was glad that Owen Hart tragically died because Vince wanted to cut costs. Yeah, we're probably gonna not make it through this, are we? So, yeah, then all of a sudden he like says research this one yourselves like can't can't you just give us the link you're the one that brought it up i don't think anyone brought this up and the day was going so well too aew was announcing that they found and new japan were announcing that aew tv shows are going to air on new japan pro wrestling world the subscription service check it out yes no extra charge Latest episodes available every week with a Japanese language play-by-play -play version will also be available coming soon. So Japan just got their foothold. They're getting a foothold in Japan and instead of using a network, they're using one of their buddies. Props. Then Tony Khan went on Twitter and destroyed the whole day and then the internet lost it. So Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals Judgment Day, Axe, as it's also called Judgment Day, has another tie-in issues event of their comics. Now, tie-ins are always going to be a thing, right? Comic books do that all the time. This is written by the same writer of the event itself. Okay. If that is indeed the case if this if, if Karen Gillian is going to write a tie-in book series called Death to Mutants Death to the Mutants how about and, and please know this is three issues I'm just... Gillian said this. What an unfriendly title. Yeah, imagine how ugly it sounds when it's on the lips of people you've once considered your friends for of a million years. Gillian tells comic book. Death to the Mutants is what the mainstream Eternal Society is doing to trying to crush the mutant flowers of Kokoa while our heroic Eternals try to work out what the hell they can do about it. So, yeah, um, but kind of in this situation where I'm just like, is this going to be important? If so, why is this not part of the, sh of the actual story? Like, if you have enough time to book, to write Immortal X-Men, Eternals, Death to the Mutants, and Judgment Day itself, which I must stress, are all written by Gillian. Why can't it just be part of the main event if it's going to give away critical stuff? Like, we don't know yet. We'll probably see in the coming months, but still. So, as that goes on, back on the AW front, Tony Khan went on an interview with ESPN and said that Blood, Guy Blood and Guts 2 could be on the gen agenda this summer. 
So get ready for that. But I'm hoping it's the uh, Blackpool Combat Club doing the Blood and Guts event. That makes sense for them. Meanwhile, another event comes out for Dark Crisis, a Jonathan Camping Super Robin. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And let's see, this involves like this involves a bit of the tie-ins about just showing different events. Yeah, yeah, this is a story basically saying imagine a world in which Jonathan Kent, Superman, wasn't rapidly aged to the young adult he is now. Oh, so imagine Brian Michael Bendis didn't take over Superman, but instead matured normally and served as a Robin-like sidekick to his father. That is apparently the presence saying Dark Crisis Worlds Without Justice League Superman Number 1, a DC July one-off special that will serve as a tie-in to writer Joshua Williamson death of the Justice League and subsequent Dark Crisis 7 issue event series. So you're probably wondering, who's writing this story? <laughs> it's Tom King. Now, I'm not saying Tom King is bad. In fact, this might actually be good for him. He can write an in-continuity story, a part of the greater multiverse, but one that's not built off of decades of continuity. You know, like Heroes in Crisis. And we all know how that worked out. <laughs> and as Marvel has plans for Avengers, they're once again doing another Avengers event. All Out Avengers, a new ongoing series with art by Greg Land. And you lost me already. Why? Why is Greg Land the artist? Isn't he the tracer artist? He, doesn't he just trace stuff? Like... I, I don't know. I don't think this is gonna work out. Meanwhile, we finally get a resolution storyline for Avengers 1 million BC. That concept that Jason Aaron created for his Avengers run is going to be an oversized one-shot that will reveal the dark secrets of the Marvel Universe because we have to keep selling that. And yeah, one of the big events of this story is relating to Thor and his mom, the Phoenix Force. Odin got together with the Phoenix Force, the current host of that time, and made Thor. feelings about that when I first heard about that style idea. I don't know how to honestly feel about it. I really don't. Like, it's just 
this weird concept. Like I could imagine the current host of the Phoenix Force being with with Odin, but being the mother of Thor. Um, like they did establish in previous stories, decades prior, that that the mother we see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't actually Thor's mother in the comic book stuff. He, she's like the stepmother or something, but. Yeah, the Phoenix Force. Um, wouldn't Thor have Phoenix Force powers though? And this retcon also kind of doesn't make sense when you think about it longer. For like Avengers versus X Men, if I, it doesn't even explain the Phoenix Saga because why was Thor during this event? Like. Yeah, you, you see the problem here? This retcon kind of contradicts like a ton of stories where Thor was involved or Thor was alive at the time and the Phoenix Force never said, oh, by the way, let me go see my son. Like, was that supposed to be a dark secret? I'm mean, like, they never bring it up because the story never came up with that idea at the time, but yeah, it's weird. <sighs> So, one of the things that is going to happen on HBO Max for DC Comics is that Aqualad is getting his own HBO Max series, and the series will serve as an origin story for Jackson Hyde version of Aqualad. Yeah, screw Tempest and whatnot, we've kind of removed him from the existing pattern. Oh my god, this is Titans. So... Yeah, uh... Yeah. <laughs> this is... No Riders of X has been announced for the series yet. It's also unclear where the series is connected to DC and James Wan's Aquaman movies. However, Variety reports that Charlize Theron will executive produce the series alongside AJ Dix, uh, Beth Kono, and Andrew Haas uh, of Denver Delia Films. Okay. Yeah, Jackson Hyde being a character from from the uh, huh. it, it was introduced in the uh, DC Comics' animated universe of uh, of Young Justice, but he did show up prior to that in Brightest Day issue four, written by Jeff Johns. And we haven't seen Garth. We don't know if he's still alive at this point. Like, last I heard he was in the UN, but that's beside the point. Okay. Meanwhile, the Halo Infinite Season 2 is finally coming out next month, and we'll add new maps, modes, and events. Yay! Called Lone Wolves. Too bad, um... And E three four three industries admit that the fan base has lacked has ran out of patience. We understand the community is simply out of patience and frankly I think I'm understandably tired of words. We just need some time for the team to get the details sorted and then we can certainly share as much as we can. This kinda 
10 highlights that they should have probably delayed the game for another five months. Like, everything doesn't seem to be where they are trying to get it. If they're trying to go for a Master Chief Collection route, you, you only had one chance to do that and you did it. You can't do it again. Like, you can't. So, moving on. Captain America number one sold, uh, original, original first ever issue of Captain America sold for a record-breaking $3.1 million. And that is including the buyer's premium. So it's now one of the most expensive comic books of all time. It was only outsold by two others. A copy of Amazing Fantasy number 15, which is the first appearance of Spider-Man, which sold for $3.6 million. And a copy of Action Comics number one, the first appearance of Superman in 2014, for 3.2 million. Thus, highlighting that Spider-Man is clearly better than Superman. Sadly, Marvel doesn't like Spider-Man, so that's a complicated relationship. There are thought to be only three copies. Of Captain America number one at the high C C CGC 9.4 gray with only one other copy ever upcoming up for auction. The sole copy is thought to exist at the 9.8 gray scale, but has never been brought to the auction. The CGC scales measure the quality of the collectible items like comics and trading cards with a 9.4, indicating a very well preserved collectible with minor wear and small manufacturing handling defects. But, yeah, it's not, you know. The guarantee that there is a 9.8, if there is, uh, that, that's going to be insane. Meanwhile, the 1989 Batman cow that painstakingly recreates an iconic movie costume is coming to sale. Will be a specialized 1-1 one, one, one recreation of helmets and costumes. The Batman cow will be part of a new series of DC-themed collect collectibles. Those as part of Duran Novo. A subsidiary of collectible giants NECA and Rubies that has previously specialized in 1 1 recreations of helmets and costumes from Star Wars movies. As with the Bear Fairy Star Wars releases, this Batman cow is designed to be both highly accurate and wearable. So, so there is images deca detailed and was sculptured digitally and cast in durable material. So, in order to recreate the iconic Michael Keaton bat suit. Even the rough texture of the cow harkens back to the 1989 movie. He comes with a display base for those who prefer to show it off as a collectible, but it's also designed to be worn by those who want to up their cosplay a few dozen notches. The Batman cow is set to be priced at $9.50. No. And limited to just 500 pieces will arrive. Pre-orders will open on Monday, April 11th. So get ready for that. So, yeah. Let's get ready for that. Meanwhile, Activision Blizzard, because they're scumbags, mostly, uh, they're planning to convert all QA quality assurance members to full-time employees. I don't know what the plan is, 
but according to this, in a statement to Bloomberg, the Raven employees informed the union earlier this year will not receive any payouts due to legal obligations under the National Labor Relations Act. So, the CWA responded to Activision's claims calling the move galling that Activision is excluding Raven software and QA workers who have been forefront of this effort from these benefits. Activision responded to Kotaku by citing Labor Board versus Exchange Parts Co. 375 U.S. 405-1964, which states employees could violate the National Labor Relations Act if they confer economic benefits on its own employees, on its employees for the purpose of inducing them to vote against the union. So... Fuck you. That, that's basically the vibe. Like, sh should they be focusing more on mother matters? Like, not get destroyed by California's government and all the unions breathing down their necks. But let's move on to something positive we're going back to disney because disney owns half the world at this point and they're scumbags as well because of their own little policy helping but let's get back to spider-man sam raimi came out saying making a new spider-man with toby mcguire's is sounds beautiful during an interview raimi hinted that toby mcguire's spider-man could return after the appearance of no way home but there aren't any plans saying, I've come to realize after making Doctor Strange that anything is possible, really anything in the Marvel Universe, any team-ups. I love Toby, I love Kristen Dunst, I think all our all things are possible. Of course, Raimi recently returned to the Marvel film with Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, this, but whether or not plans will return, it looks like there are no immediate plans. I don't really have a story or a plan, I don't know if Marvel would be interested in that right now, I don't know what their thoughts about that are. I haven't really pursued it, but it sounds beautiful. Even if it was an Spider-Man movie, I'd love to work with Toby, Toby McGuire again in a different role. So, yeah. Sane, sane, sane. Well, we're gonna take a brief break, enjoy this ad break, and then we'll be back for the final portion of this of this podcast, and I'll see you all in a little bit. Take care. We're back. Let's finish this last portion of Neo Reality Collective. So we got the canceled Deus Ex Machina movie script revealed for the first time. Before video games movies proved to audiences and critics that they could be good, Sonic. A Deus Ex Machina movie was in the works at CBS Films. The movie was eventually cancelled, but thanks to USA Today's recent review with Prime Universe Productions' Scott Kenny, some of the script of that cancelled project has come to light, giving fans a taste of the project that never came to be. As part of their 2010 film adaptation plans for Human Revolution, the third game to be launched, that, that's their game in the series that launched in 2011, in 2014, in the interview, uh, Derrickson about the project when we learned was focused on deeming Adam Jason as a character while maintaining all the action in front of the game. Also being set to direct before jumping ship to go work on Doctor Strange after his departure, the movie was quietly cancelled. For those unfamiliar with the source material, Human Revolution is an action RPG by Eidos Montreal, the studio most recently worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, awesome game. The game takes place in the year 2027 and follows James Adam Jensen, a security specialist who undergoes body augmentation after a life-threatening accident, becoming a killing machine after setting the events of his story in motion. The 
bot focuses on social divide between people and wealthy, wealthy enough to afford augmentation and the normal humans that make up the lower class. So just remember everybody, in five years, we will have augmentation technology infused into our bodies. They did not predict COVID. The parts of the revealed script go up to Jensen's initial aversion to augmentation, conversation with his girlfriend, Dr. Megan Reed, an attack on the Safari building. After Jensen's awaken, the story falls against plot very closely as, as the corruption is exposed, augmentation, the augmented lose their minds. And the heroes put an end to it. The action scenes described aren't afraid to be violent, with reports saying mechanical parts of are really torn from augmented character bodies. However, we also learned that the movie was not intended to be radar, which includes the excerpts of the script from a full report. While Day 6 franchise may never hit the big screen, you could, they could check out any other content, according to IGN, because they want to promote that stuff. But I do wonder um, if they can make it uh, a streaming platform movie or special. On, you know they're gonna do that. Content is king. So in a surprise announcement, Remedy announced that they will be working with Rockstar under a new publishing agreement to remake the first two Max Payne games for PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PlayStation 5. Remedy will handle the development while Rockstar will finance it, which will be in line with a typical Remedy AAA game production. The Max Payne remakes will also be developed on Remedy's Northlight game engine, the same engine used to develop Control and the upcoming Alan Wake 2. So, yeah. Saying uh, Rockstar founder Sam Hauser, Hauser saying we were thrilled when our longtime friends of Remedy approached us about remaking the original Max Payne games. We are massive fans of the work the Remedy team created over the years and we can't wait to play these new versions. CEO of Remedy said, Max Payne has always held a special place in the heart of everyone at Remedy. We know the millions of fans worldwide would feel the same. Adding on to that, saying, saying that the team was excited to bring the story, action, atmosphere of the original Max Payne games to the new ways. So this sounds more like a full remake instead of like, well, <laughs> the the uh, original versions. Get ready for that, Sandy. Like I never played Max Payne. I was trying to get. I I think I did try to play it once, like twenty years ago. So I I don't remember. Do you remember when Jim Carrey announced he was playing considering retirement? Well, the Sonic movies announced that the people who make Sonic are saying they won't even try to replace Jim Carrey if the actor decides to fall through his decision to retire. So. I got a question. How do you tell a story about... How do you tell a sign movie about the main arch nemesis? Like... How do you tell a sign movie about Dr. Robotnik? It's just weird. Just weird. But yeah. So, are you Justice Phantoms that currently ongoing? 
Well, where are we going to spoil the ending by announcing a limited series, six issues, Targets, which will explore the aftermath of Phantoms. Targets introduces a new disaster to the Young Justice universe when Queen, Queen Perdita is kidnapped and Bo Pinero and Black Canary are severely wounded in the process, and a fallout numerous heroes take it upon themselves to track down and rescue Perdita, including her ex-boyfriend Beast Boy. Each issue will include a backup story explaining other untold tales from the Young Justice timeline. With what Wiseman saying, it's been terrific to work with Christopher Jones again on another Young Justice comic, and I'm really excited for fans to read Young Justice Targets. It's a fully canon six issue miniseries picking up where Phantoms left off, with plenty of action, nearly our entire cast, and multiple new revelations. It's been an amazing journey after working with Greg Wiseman on Young Justice Comics, getting the opportunity to help create storyboards for the most recent season of the show, and now returning to produce more comics to Jones. Between my girlfriends and artists and the fabulous color Jason Wright, I think these are the best looking comics I've ever had in creating. I love getting to help them tell the stories of these characters. I can't wait for fans to see where the things go after Young Justice Phantoms. It will be a digital first series that will initially be exclusive to DC Universe subscription service. And the first issue is premiering the DCUI M on July 14th before seeing a print release on July 26th. So, yeah, there's currently no sign about fifth season, but yeah, the show still being around is a good sign. Meanwhile, Robert Downey Jr. returns to HBO as Sherlock Holmes. So the Hollywood the Hollywood uh, Reporter reports that Robert Downey Jr. is set to executive produce two new series based on the detective story where he, uh, Sherlock Holmes, who produced both Downey Jr. Sherlock movies and is also on board as an executive producer. There no idea how much details are out about this and how the connection will end up being. We don't know if Robert Downey Jr. will reprise this role as Sherlock Holmes. So. Yeah, Downey Jr. revealed plans to create multiple spin-offs out of the third Sherlock Holmes film. While the film hasn't happened yet, it seems that plans are spin-offs are still moving forward. At the time, he said, at this point, we really feel like there's not a mystery verse built on out anywhere, and Conan Doll is the definitive voice in that area, I think, to this day. Oh, man. But the last time we heard about Sherlock Holmes 3, it's sitting on the back burner because COVID and other stuff. Played the iconic detective in 2009 and 2011 Sherlock Holmes movies, calling the and whatnot, and it's just forgotten 10 years later. Meanwhile, for those who love Star Trek The New Generation, The Next Generation, they're all getting back together for Star Trek Picard Season 3. Considering how much I've been hearing Picard sucks for people, um, yeah, that's probably not good. Meanwhile, Ghost Recon Breakpoint will receive no more new content. Oh, how tragic. I'm so sad. I haven't played it. This launched back in 2021. Should they have announced that sooner? Operation Maryland was released back in 2021. Shouldn't that have been obvious for, for uh, Ubisoft to make the announcement? But they can't even be aware of their own horribleness. Speaking of good stuff in the industry, 
at least until the next horrible scandal happens. Um, Unreal Engine 5 has been finally available. It's finally released along with alongside a playable shooter called Layla Laray. Unreal Engine 5 is the latest Epic Games game engine available to game developers big and small while the release of a new game engine isn't typically news that excites folks until well video games start coming getting made they reveal the first real unreal engine 5 with the with a blockbuster tech demo and yeah they the engine looks pretty damn awesome saying that the unreal engine 5 will keep evolving especially in the next witcher game that's going to be developed with it and they had a sample shooter, so take it for what you will. Get ready for some hilarious fun. Meanwhile, as finally we're getting Spotify's deal with DC Comics finally coming out, we're getting Batman Unburied. Of course, of course we would go ahead and get Batman on this first before anyone else. But this will be a narrative-led show by David S. Goyer, screenwriter of Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Batman v Superman. Also did some stuff with Jeff Johns and kind of the reason Jeff Johns is where he's at now. So to give that what you will. And will feature the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Winston Duke as Bruce Wayne. The show will lean into the psychological side of Batman as it promises to dive in the mind of Bruce Wayne as he must face and overcome his internal demon. Franchise stables will also make an appearance including a number of classic Batman villains in locations within Gotham. Um, it will be released in many different languages, made specifically with the local talent board versions of Brazil, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, Italy, Japan, and Mexico alongside the original English version. Podcast announced back in 2020 and was originally meant to debut the following year, then the hell, the hell happened and whatnot, we've been living in it ever since. David Escort saying, I've been a fan of narrative podcasts for some time and was looking for the right story. Returning to Batman seems like the perfect opportunity. <laughs> I don't think he knows yet that DC ordered it. So Elon Musk joins the board of directors after buying a 9% stake in, a 9% stake in uh, Twitter. time Twitter finally announced we're working on an edit button yay but they had to keep coming out and saying that no we did not get the idea from a poll oh well meanwhile Jason Momoa is set to write star and executive produce Chief of War a new limited series for Apple TV plus that will delve into the history of Hawaii specifically the war and colonization of the of the, of the once former country so, uh, yeah. According to Deadline, the project marks the first time Jason Momoa, who is of Hawaiian descent, has written for television. He's joined forces with Thomas Paz Sibit to pin the script for the historical drama, which will follow the epic and unprecedented telling of the unification and colonization of Hawaii from an indigenous point of view across the series' eight episodes. Who's also starring in the movie will serve as the executive producer. The duo will be, they will be joined by several other producers. And they're currently having negotiations with Justin Chone to currently negotiate to direct the first two episodes. So this is after his following his recent turn in the post-apocalyptic drama C, which takes place in a world where most of humanity has been wiped out by a virus, and those who have survived are now blind. And yeah. 
Meanwhile, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, the movie that hasn't come out yet, it's broken world record with his prosthetics. Saying, I just heard from our makeup folks at Legacy FX that yesterday, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 officially passed the world record for the most makeup appliances created for a single production, surpassing the Grinch. Congrats, guys. Thanks for keeping practical effects alive. Oh, God. Star Wars is going to be pissed. So, yeah. So, I'm curious to know what's going to happen. Meanwhile, David Attenborough and Hal Zimmerman is joining Apple TV's dinosaur documentary called Prehistoric Planet. Okay, history about the dinosaurs with awesome music. Last but not least, Moby Morbius. Jared Leto's method acting process included 45 minute bathroom breaks. stumble with crutches to and from the bathroom leading to extended periods of downtime for the production. It wasn't worth it, man. It, it wasn't worth it in the end. It just wasn't. Well, that's it for our podcast this, this week. Tune in next time. So I'm going to give you this last ad and outro. We'll see you all again next time. This was your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Entertainment. Feel free to check out my other content now, content, and be sure to review, rate, and comment on this podcast and what you thought about it. Take care and have a good day. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.